of Teaching and Learning Champions. I'm Matt Evans, Director of Academic Technology in the Teaching and Learning Excellence Division at ACC. Before I introduce our special guest for this month, I have a quick announcement. Um, it's actually a quick but important ask. ACC employees, have you noticed a colleague going above and beyond? ACC students, is your professor rocking it in the classroom? It's important to recognize the best of ACC and celebrate teaching and leadership excellence when we see it. Nominations for ACC awards are open now through November 2nd. Take a moment to nominate the best of ACC at austincc.edu awards. Today I'm joined by Emily, excuse me, Emily Coons as we talk about the importance of cybersecurity awareness as it relates to online teaching and learning. Emily, thank you very much for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me. Great. Well, let's go ahead and jump into some of the questions. Um, let's start. Can you tell us a little bit about the role of ACC's Information Security Department? What services and functions do you play? Sure. So our department, ACC Information Security, we support the governance, risk, and compliance needs in protecting the ACC information resources. Uh, we do follow the requirements of Texas Administrative Code, Chapter 202. You often hear us refer to it just simply as TAC 202. We work closely with the Department of Information Resources at the state of Texas. So really, just like any information uh, security program, we our ultimate mission is the CIA triad. Uh, we're trying to balance the confidentiality, integrity, and availability of ACC's information. So our core services include, of course, awareness, as we're here now, and regulatory compliance, uh, risk and vulnerability management, data protection, and we do also provide some privacy oversight as well. Are there particular areas, um, just to follow up on that, are there particular areas where faculty who may be listening to this have come across uh, ACC's Information Security Department, or do you um, try to stay behind the scenes as much as possible? You know, we're, we're really building our program right now. Um, we are making a presence. I knew, I do know that faculty and staff get uh, security advisories from us. So they've probably seen us there. And then also, of course, the mandatory cybersecurity awareness training. That's an annual requirement. It's actually a requirement of TAC 202. So those are definitely some places that you have seen us around. Great. Well, thank you for that reminder. It uh, actually reminds me I'm actually behind in my cybersecurity awareness training, so I'll be sure to yep. take care of that as soon as we get off of here today. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, it's only 30 minutes this year, so that's great. Perfect. Um, so let's talk a little bit about, you know, uh, with everything that's been going on with COVID, you know, the whole environment um, uh, internationally has changed, but let's drill down what has changed in the last two to three years and even since COVID uh, in the world of cybersecurity. You know, just ransomware and phishing just really come to mind. If you just do a simple search on Google, um, you'll just find a ton of breaches and lockdowns that have occurred. Um, I, I know just in the last year, there's been uh, Texas counties that have been locked down. And even broader across the country, there have been colleges and universities and even, even K through 12 uh, districts that have been locked down by ransomware. So, as you may or may not know, ransomware is usually introduced through phishing. So that is why you will hear us talking um, about being diligent when it comes to email, you know, hovering over those links, don't click on attachments and, you know, things like that, that you just get tired of hearing about, but it just helps protect us all and it's everybody's responsibility. 
As far as COVID, it's brought a whole new dimension to information security. The demand of teleworking infrastructure has brought concerns around, you know, unauthorized disclosure of data, you know, challenges of enforcing the acceptable use policies, users using their own devices to access the network. Um, and of course, who thought we would have the word the, in our vocabulary, Zoom bombing? <laughs> Those are just a few uh, challenges that COVID has brought along. Sure. And since you mentioned it, just as a follow up, in terms of Zoom bombing, you know, that's something that we see in the news quite a bit these days uh, as more um, uh, companies and K-12 and higher education institutions start using Zoom for their web conferencing tool. ACC, of course, um, picked it up just recently as an option for web conferencing. Um, are there, and not to put you on the spot, but are there any um, quick tips that you can provide to faculty who uh, want to use Zoom or uh, are currently using Zoom but are afraid of the Zoom bombing to help prevent that type of thing? Absolutely. And actually, you know, I, I know we say Zoom bombing, but it does happen on other platforms as well. Um, I know we did have an instance in Google Meet. Um, so it, it's not just uh, for Zoom. And I would encourage everyone to visit our website because we do have a best practices page for each of the platforms that ACC supports. Uh, that would be Google Meet, WebEx, and Zoom. And so we do have some best practices, you know, just um, password protect, um, unique codes, um, just uh, really lock down your sessions. But I would highly encourage everyone to visit our website for those um, tips that are unique to each platform. Perfect. And we'll talk more about where you can find those links um, at, uh, after our interview at the end of, the, of today's show. Okay. Um, with uh, the ongoing push towards online teaching and learning, especially in light of COVID, um, what are some things that faculty specifically should be aware of in order to keep themselves and their students safe? You know, since moving virtual, it's so important for all of us to protect ourselves personally and professionally. As you can imagine, cyber criminals take advantage of these heightened situations. Um, anytime there's, you know, this pandemic or maybe a hurricane, um, anything that is in the news, um, that's where the cyber criminals just really jump in. Um, we all need to have uh, strong passwords. We need to change them often. We need to use multi-factor authentication when we can. And most of all, just stay on top of threats and just always be alert. If it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. And if it sounds or looks a little off, just take a minute to dig a little deeper and check it out and always ask questions. Um, with regards to our conferencing platform, like I mentioned before, we do highly recommend creating those unique codes and requiring passwords. Um, we do have those best practices links, like I mentioned before, on our website that I highly encourage everyone to look at. Um, just to follow up with that on the faculty side, for those, um, you know, we talked about web conferencing already, but in terms of faculty who are teaching online and having their students use various technologies in the web to um, create and submit assignments for their courses. Are there things that faculty members should keep in mind uh, when, when deciding which technologies to use in order to protect their students? You know, I think it's really important to just know what ACC supports because when you know what platforms and technologies that ACC supports, then you know that you have support of our departments and such. But with any platform, with any technology, you just need to really make sure that you use those passwords. We can't preach that enough as, as passwords, passwords. And fully, you need to fully investigate all of the um, technologies that you use and make sure you're not sharing any personal identifiable information or um, sharing any sensitive, maybe HIPAA 
which would be health related uh, data. Um, yeah, or, or student information, actually, you know, the FERPA. So you just really need to make sure of what data you're sharing. Sure. And then is there anything specific that students should be aware of um, besides the, the passwords, of course, but um, anything specific on the student side in terms of keeping themselves safe while uh, being enrolled in and participating in online courses? Well, we can't say this enough. I'm going to say it again, passwords and be an alert. Um, always use multi-factor authentic authentication where you can and change those passwords often. Um, there is a rise around spear phishing, which is targeted phishing attacks. Uh, we did send out an alert um, just this week to all students um, around uh, spear phishing that is targeted for the financial aid disbursement season. So um, students just really need to be alert and on their toes. Um, students should always be wary of any communication that requests personal information. ACC and the federal government will never ask for any personal information via email directly. Great. One of the things you mentioned as we were talking about both faculty um, security as well as student security is multi-factor authentication. For those faculty members listening who may not be familiar with what that is, can you explain what multi-factor authentication is? Absolutely. So that is going to be um, more than one form of identification. So usually when you log into a system, you have your username and password. So it's becoming more and more common to have multi-factor. So it might be just two factors of authentication or even more than that. You can have three or four versions. You might use it when you go to your banking website. Usually they'll have you, um, they'll text a code and you can reply uh, with that code. Um, sometimes it is a, um, an email that is sent to you and you have to click on a link. So there's, it's multiple ways of identifying yourself to the company. And you mentioned, um, you know, using it, using multi-factor authentication when possible. Is there uh, a page available that, um, that document, documents might be the wrong word, but that lists the um, platforms within ACC that uses and supports multi-factor authentication? I do know that we do have information on multi-factor authentication on our IT website. I highly encourage everyone to visit. Um, when I'm saying we're unavailable, there's just certain platforms that just have not um, gotten there yet um, on a personal level and a professional level. So a lot of the ACC applications are leaning towards multi-factor authentication, and that is something that we're really pushing in information security right now. So you will see that rise um, within the ACC community, but also on a personal level, just anytime you see multi-factor authentication, I know you might think it's a bother, but it's so worth it. Great. Um, let's talk about uh, you know, one of the things you mentioned at the very beginning was, um, you know, around awareness of cybersecurity and things like that. Um, and you mentioned, uh, well, we, we discussed at the, the top of the show about the required annual cybersecurity training. Beyond that, and I realize that that's um, for employees, whether it's faculty or staff, are there other forms of cybersecurity training that's available for uh, faculty and staff, as well as what might be available for students to help them learn more about cybersecurity awareness? So we are working to build our program. The main thing we do offer, like you just said, is the cybersecurity awareness training that's a TAC 202 requirement um, that is required for all faculty, staff, anyone who touches our data, really. Um, we, 
we don't really have anything else at the moment, but like I said, we are building our program. I highly recommend um, the uh, Department of Homeland Security website. They have lots of information on their website as well, and that's um, the overall national campaign. Um, here locally for cybersecurity awareness, uh, we are creating awareness and sharing tips and best practices. It doesn't just end with this month though. Awareness is ongoing. We do encourage everyone to follow our social media accounts. Um, you can find us on Facebook and Twitter at ACC InfoSec. We're constantly sharing um, tips and tricks, but also maybe news articles and related things that could just really help you in your everyday life, whether it be at school or at home. Perfect. Well, the last question uh, on topic, at least that I want that we have for you is, are there any new projects or initiatives around cybersecurity that InfoSec is working on that you might want to share with our listeners? I know you said your department is new and growing. So is there anything sort of coming up that you want to give us uh, some insight to? Absolutely. Our department is growing leaps and bounds, as I've mentioned several times. So we're just um, growing really quickly. We've been working on policy and standards, awareness, new tools, onboarding new staff. It's just been very busy. And a lot of the information can be found on our website. We've been reaching out to third parties, enhancing our confidentiality agreements, which helps, of course, in protecting faculty, staff, students, and alumni data. Uh, we have data loss prevention program. Uh, we're looking into uh, encryption tools and, of course, tightening up that password policy that I've mentioned several times. A great way to get information on new projects and initiatives, though, is our IT digest that comes out bi-weekly. There's actually a little security corner that you might have noticed, and we do relay important information there. And we do have some very um, we have some upcoming projects that are coming up very soon um, and there'll be some training available and we'll be able to communicate that through the security corner. Wonderful. Well, Emily, before I let you go, one last final question. It doesn't have to be InfoSec related, but is there anything giving you Riverbat pride this week? You know, um, I've been a part of ACC for over 21 years and watching ACC grow has just been very rewarding. I'm, just really glad to be a part of a community that helps and encourages one another and most of all puts our focus and such pride in helping our students. It's just really a rewarding and definitely gives me river bat pride. That's definitely something to be prideful for. So Emily, thank you very much for your time today. Uh, it was uh, very informative. Um, and so uh, yes, thank you very much for joining us um, as we celebrate uh, Cybersecurity Awareness Month. Thank you so much for having me. Well, that wraps up another episode of Teaching and Learning Champions. Don't forget that you can read episode transcripts on the TLED blog and find links to any resources we referenced during the show. I also encourage you to subscribe to the ACC District podcasts on any of your preferred podcast apps or listen to individual episodes on the TLED website. You can learn more about the Teaching and Learning Excellence Division and keep up with everything relevant to the faculty experience at ACC by subscribing to our weekly newsletter. Simply text ACCTLED in all caps to 22828 to subscribe. And of course, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at ACCTLED. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll chat next time on TLC at ACC. Music